Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome into the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I am your host, Caleb McCall, so excited that you would jump on with us today, that you would give us here on the show a little bit of your time and allow me to so graciously pour into your life by listening to this show today. And I am pumped. I'm excited. I want to jump right into this thing, really, but give you a little bit of a a headway for it. You know, uh, I felt the Lord wanted me to release a word, release a word that I uh, preached at our church this Sunday on Palm Sunday. And with it being Passion Week, I just felt led to share this with our listeners on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I know a lot of you listening, of course, you might not get to see our live stream or you've got your own home churches, but here will be a great opportunity to hear what it was that I got to preach and speak on this week um, at our church on Palm Sunday. And I'm telling you what, we just had an incredible service. The Lord gave me some revelation on John chapter 12 verses 12 through 18 so if you got your Bibles or you got your phone there wherever you might be listening to you can turn over there and follow along and the title to today's message is this Palm Sunday worship transactional or transformational oh come on somebody is our is our worship transactional or is it transformational so let's jump right into the word I don't know how long this is going to take but I am excited And I'm pumped to release the word of the Lord over you today. So let's start in verse 12, uh, the triumphal entry. John chapter 12, verse 12. On the next day, when a large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, indeed the King of Israel. Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it. As it is written, do not fear, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming seated on a donkey's coat. That's Zechariah 9. Prophecy fulfilled. Verse 16, these things he did and his disciples did not understand at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things for him. So the people who were with him when he had called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify about him. For this recent reason, also the people went to meet him because they heard he had performed this sign. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would anoint my spirit, my heart, my mind and my lips as I preach your word, as I preach the word that you gave me for this past Sunday. Help me to release it over the airwaves and let it reach somebody today and let it transform them. Let it not just be a transaction today. I ask this in the precious name of my Savior. Jesus Christ. Uh, so so we hear in these set of scriptures, it's known as the triumphant entry of Jesus. And today and, you know, last Sunday, it started Passion Week and his entrance was glorious. Right. His entrance was triumphant. Everyone was excited and pumped uh, that Jesus had showed up. They all had believed that he was coming to celebrate the Passover, not knowing that he was there to become the Passover. Let me repeat that just in case you missed it. See, these people thought that Jesus was coming to celebrate Passover, but he was actually there to become the Passover, right? We're familiar with the Passover festival. This is what's taking place. They're celebrating Passover. 
you know, Passovers where Moses instructed the children of Israel in the Exodus to put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost to protect them from the angel of death that was going to sweep through Egypt. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, the blood of the lamb. I, I wonder if there's there's anybody within the sound of my voice that's thankful for the blood of the lamb. I wonder if there's anybody listening today that will still plead the blood of the lamb, that will still preach the blood of the lamb, because what can wash away your sins? Nothing but the blood. What can make you whole again? Nothing but the blood. It took the blood to heal you. It takes the blood to save you. It takes the blood to protect you. Is there anybody within the sound of my voice that's thankful for the blood? If you're thankful for the blood, I encourage you. I implore you right here and right now. I don't care if you're at the Jim listening to the podcast. I wish you'd give God 10 seconds of praise right now. If you're thankful for the blood of Jesus, I ain't talking about the blood of bulls and goats. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus, the only blood that's strong enough to take away your sins, heal you and save you. But these these people, they think that Jesus is showing up for the Passover feast and they're celebrating his victories. That's what the palm branch represents in Middle Eastern culture. And they're all talking about Lazarus in the city and how Jesus raised him from the dead. The Bible says a couple of verses up that the Pharisees were actually looking for Lazarus as well and trying to plot his death. Ain't that just like the devil, y'all? As soon as you get raised from the dead, even if it's raised from the dead spiritually or raised from the dead physically, the devil's still out to kill you. Imagine that. We have an adversary who goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and he uses people he tries to use people to do so to accomplish his agenda but the people are worshiping jesus now and everything is all good you know jesus has brought joy and happiness to the city and i'll tell you why you know joy and happiness has hit the city because these people think that they're about to get something that they want from jesus these people are even calling him king this week, but they're yelling, cru- yelling, crucify him the next week. And I'll break that down more in just a second. But these people think that they're about to get something from Jesus. That's why they're celebrating him as he comes into the city of Jerusalem with a triumphant entry. And, you know, I, I picked this text last week to preach on because my outreach pastor, Uh, Pastor Jasper Wilson preached on radical worship and I just opened up my word and I began to study last week for Palm Sunday's message and and when I opened my Bible I turned to John 12 and uh, I started studying Palm Sunday in John chapter 12 and I look a couple of verses up and what do I find the woman with the alabaster box who is Mary right and um, you know this she's actually the sister of Lazarus and Uh, This is right before the triumphant entry is the alabaster box. And so I really believe that the Lord was trying to show us something and is trying to show us something in this set of texts. Because this set of texts, you have examples of what true and radical worship look like. But also in the same chapter, we have what fabricated worship looks like. And what fabricated or fake worship looks like is this. It's simply worship that is done with lips and not with lives. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, Jasper had talked about it the week before, but the difference between radical worship and, and, and worship. And, and I want to add to what he was saying as well, because there's a difference between worship and fabricated worship as well. You know, I, I, I want to talk about two kinds of worship, true worship or fabricated worship. 
Because you see, watch this. The Holy Spirit will have you shout, dance, and speak in tongues, but he'll also make you holy. Oh, come on, somebody. He'll have you shout and dance and speak in tongues, but he'll also have you keep your mouth shut, repent, and apologize. If you're shouting and speaking in tongues and dancing but can't be holy, can't be set apart, don't live different, don't talk different, don't act different after you get done doing all that, you got a spirit, all right, but it ain't Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, right? Holy is his first name. If you have a spirit that isn't holy, it's not the Holy Spirit that's on you. We can't just be a people that praise him with our lips and curses come from our behavior. Let me say that again. We can't just be a people that have a praise on our lips and curses on our lives because of our behavior. We do understand that, right, that there is the curse of sin and death in the world. And don't lose me here because I'm still talking about worship, but that that fake worship, that fabricated worship that just does it all with the lips, but not with the life. Like, that's what we're talking about here. And there's a curse of sin and death in the world. Right. So when you get caught up in sin with your behavior and actions, we bring about a curse upon us, although we might have a praise on our lips. Jesus, help us. You see, screaming Hosanna one week. Because everything has been good and the miracles are flowing, but crucifying him the next week, guess what? Your Hosanna from the week before gets canceled out, baby. Do you know what Hosanna means? The word Hosanna comes from the Hebrew word meaning save now or save us, we pray. These people don't even realize it, but they are speaking prophetically because Jesus fulfills Zechariah 9 by riding in on the donkey when he comes. But then they're declaring and praising him for saving him them which he does but also watch this they're saying save us now not just save us save us now hosanna save us now do what we want now jesus and if you don't do what we want now we're going to turn our backs on you oh how sad it is to see someone get excited and give their life to christ through a sinner's prayer that we really don't even find in our bible Oh, I might get an email over that one, but only to turn their back on him when they don't get their way or when they think they should or how they should. We do realize that the reason why this happened, right, about them them celebrating Jesus, this triumphant entry that is taking place right now. They're celebrating Jesus entry because of what has took place with Lazarus. The scriptures just told us. So the people who were with him, verse 17 when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to testify about him. For this reason, also people went to meet him because they heard that he had performed this sign. Yes, they were celebrating the revival of Lazarus because it was a great thing. But there were people in the crowd that day that had ulterior motives. There were p even people in Jesus entourage that had ulterior motives because there were people in the crowd that said, if Jesus can raise this man from the dead, he can overthrow our Roman oppressors. Ah, see, see, they want they want something from Jesus. This is what we call transactional worship. They are wanting something from Jesus. They're wanting a transaction from Jesus. So in order to worship, they need the transaction. But Jesus isn't there to overthrow Roman oppressors, but the ultimate oppressor, Satan and sin himself. Right. Because these folks didn't realize we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers and authorities and spiritual wickedness in the heavens 
heavenly realms. Come on, somebody. Jesus didn't go to Calvary to overcome your flesh and bone adversary. Jesus has a bigger picture in mind. He went to Calvary to defeat your real enemy, Satan. He went to Calvary to defeat your real enemy, death, hell, and the grave. And we talked about this last Wednesday at my church as well, because this is what happened with Judas. He got to hanging around Jesus and realized he isn't here to overthrow the Roman government. He is here to establish some other kind of kingdom. But I've got a fleshly enemy that I'm trying to get rid of. And Jesus, if you aren't willing to do what I need from you, I'm willing to sell you out for 30 pieces of silver. Ours might look a little bit different, but are you willing to sell out Jesus if he doesn't do what you think he should do when you think he should do it. But Jesus is so nice and gracious. He always gives us signs to what he is up to because us as human beings are made out of dirt and we need a lot of help. Amen. Uh, you realize that Jesus coming in riding on a donkey, the, the sim, the, it meant something about him riding in on this donkey, y'all. We cannot miss these little things. The symbolism of the donkey referred to the eastern uh referred to in eastern tradition it's an animal of peace unlike the horse which is an animal of war a king would have ridden on a horse when he was bent on war and ridden on a donkey to symbolize that he was arriving in peace he gave these people a sign and made it plain that he was coming and bringing peace peace between mankind and the father Jesus came to bring peace on earth, but war in the spirit, because I, I really do. I bet all of hell and in the spiritual realm, he looked like a boss with eyes like fire and hair white as wool and a sword coming out of his mouth. But in the natural, he looked lowly and on a donkey, just like the little old lady that that stays in the prayer closet and shows up to all the prayer meetings. She she might look frail or old to you, but in the spirit, she's wrapped in armor, taking care of business. You know, my grandmother was one of these type of people that you would see that you might look on the outside and think that she's old and frail. But I'm telling you, in the spirit, she was a warrior. You know, my grandmother was frail and in a nursing home before she passed from earth into her glorious entry into heaven. But every devil in Bedford County, Tennessee, scattered when she began to hit her knees and plead the blood of Jesus over this region and plead the blood over her children and grandchildren. Prayer works. We ought to try it. Listen to what the palm tree represents. The palm, the palm branch is a symbol of victory, triumph, peace, and eternal life. Jesus is so gracious and lets them know what he came for with his symbolism. By riding in on this donkey, he says, I've come humbly and peacefully. I haven't come to war in the physical, but in the spirit. I've come to bring peace and eternal life, and they still didn't get it. You'll never get to a place of authentic worship if you always have an agenda when you enter into it. Woo! There's a tweet for you. You'll never get to a place of authentic worship if you always have an agenda as you enter into it. When you're always coming into worship, are you always bringing something to the table of Jesus? I need this, Jesus, I need that. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying don't bring your requests and your petitions and make them known to God. But do you come into your place of worship with an agenda? But see, this is what happens when you worship fabricate. Your worship is fabricated or conditional. 
See, I'm talking about conditional worship right now. You know, you know what I'm talking about, that conditional type of worship that says, Jesus, I'm not going to church unless my life is a mess and I realize I need help. Or what about the opposite? I, I can't come to church or open my word if my life's all good, because if my life's all good, then I don't need him. It's that conditional type of worship that says, Jesus, unless you do this or that, I refuse to do my part. Jesus, unless my marriage is just going perfect, I'm not committed to you. Jesus, I'm only tithing if my finances are in order. I'm only paying if your answer, I'm only praying if you're answering 100% of my prayers. You realize the Bible actually says that God answers all your prayers when they line up with the will of God. First John 5:14. Like, is your prayers in the will of God is a question that we should be asking ourselves. But it was a conditional type of worship because as soon as the people, these people realized that Jesus wasn't coming to overthrow the Roman government, they decided that they were going to overthrow him. Did you catch what I said earlier? I mean, they was even calling him king at his entry. But as soon as Jesus doesn't deliver on the type of kingship they expect, they jump ship. Why did they think that Jesus' kingship was coming to overthrow Roman government? That's all we hear throughout the scriptures, that they thought the Messiah was supposed to be this military leader. Um, I mean, right? how else is a kingdom established, established except through conquest? These people are saying to themselves, if this man has power to raise the dead, he has power to take life as well. But they don't even understand understand the God that they serve because God isn't interested in, in, in giving is interested in giving life and not taking it. God is interested in giving life and not taking it. Come on, somebody. Jesus is more interested in planting a seed and that seed is his body. He says a couple verses later, the hour has come for the son to be glorified truly truly i say unto you unless a grain of wheat is dropped into the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it produces much grain jesus is saying i'm not here on a mission to bring death but to bring life i'm the one that's going to die so that you can have life jesus says i came to bring multiplication not subtraction Y'all can worship me vainly now because I'm going to the cross so that those after you can worship me in spirit and in truth and get to a place of authentic worship. Jesus says, I just came from a party where authentic worship happened. I just came from a meal where a woman broke an alabaster box of worship on me. And I'm going to pay the price so that that can happen more frequently. Jesus in one week sees these two types of worship one that is authentic and one that is fabricated. Let me explain it like this. Palm Sunday worship was transactional, but alabaster box worship is transformational. Let me repeat that again. Palm Sunday worship is transactional, but alabaster box worship is transformational. What I'm saying is true worship is transformational, not transactional. True worship will train, change you from a sinner into a saint. Radical worship will take you from the village prostitute to the first woman evangelist because God trusted this woman with being the first one to preach that he is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. This woman with the radical worship in the story right before his triumphant entry is the perfect example of true worship. Because from a true encounter can come from a true encounter can come true worship. 
She had a true encounter with the grace and the love of Jesus when she broke open that box and he told everybody else to hush in the room and to leave her alone because she was the only one in the room who had some radical and authentic worship that was transformational. And if you ever get to the point of true worship, you will get to the point of true transformation. That's what the gospel's all about. The gospel's always been about transformation, transformation from death to life, from sinner to saint, from orphan to child of God. I'm talking about worship that changes you, worship that is transformational. I'm talking about worship that is acceptable and pleasing to God. None of this transactional stuff that says, Jesus, if you do this, then I'll do this. Palm Sunday worship is looking for transaction, but alabaster worship is transformational absolutely transformational can i tell y'all today that we we gotta get back to alabaster box worship we gotta leave this transactional worship stuff behind and in the rear view mirror and make it be a part of the past we've got to get past that folks we can't come in with our song list of what we want worship to be like or how we want the pastor to preach and how long he's supposed to preach. That's transactional. That's saying, Jesus, I'm cool with it if this, this, and this happens. But if it doesn't, Lord, I'm out. That's that transactional type of worship. That transactional type of worship, too, that says, God, you know, I'm only tithing if my finances are in order. God, I'm only showing up to church and worshiping with the saints of God if it's going my way or how I want things done at that church. God, I'm only committed to my husband or my wife if everything is perfect. That That's that transactional type of worship stuff that we got to remove ourselves from in the body of Christ. We've got to get back to that alabaster box worship that transforms us. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying, right? I mean... The woman with the alabaster box, Mary Magdalene, she is the sister of Lazarus. She was transformed. She was from this small village, Bethpage, right outside of the city of Jerusalem. Everybody knew her business. She was the village prostitute. But when she had an encounter with Jesus and broke open that alabaster box, poured out her way of living at the feet of the master, she was transformed from that moment on and is known as one of his disciples and the first to see him risen from the very dead. My, 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 what would happen if we got back to transformational worship and removed ourselves from Palm Sunday worship, which is transactional? Help us, Jesus, get back to that type of worship that can change us forever. Help us, Holy Ghost. Hmm. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the Recovery to Recover podcast. Remember, folks, let's get back to transformational type of worship. Let's pour it all out on the feet of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in. Please tune in next week, next Wednesday, be a new episode on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. If you love what you're hearing here, partner with our ministry. Our ministry is what helps make this happen. Um, with the Recovery to Recovered podcast, we're wanting to reach people with the power of the gospel, with testimonies uh, of what is going on. Um, so partner with this ministry, partner with us, and let's let's extend the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations 
and, and watch people go from recovery to recovered by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe I'll probably be preaching and teaching on the blood next week simply because it is what happened at Calvary. That 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 transaction. Shoo, that's what we that's what we needed. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the blood a little bit next week and the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you so much for for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.